Welcome once again to the Power 5 Mentality Podcast, the first and only podcast discussing all things mid-major marketing, creative, and more. My name is Emily McMillan, Assistant Director for Media Relations and Creative Communications at the University of Evansville. Joined as always by my co-host and co-worker, Scott Peace, Associate AD for External, also here at UB. Today we are joined by Mike Barone, Director of Athletics Marketing at Lindenwood. Mike is our first guest on the podcast that comes from the D2 ranks, but brings great experience from places like New Haven and SUNY Old Westbury before making his way to Lindenwood, where he had kind of shifted his focus from sports information to marketing. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll hand it over to Scott for episode overview. Thanks, Emily, and thanks, Mike, for joining us. Um, especially excited to have Mike on because we have known each other the last few months through the NACMA mentorship program, uh, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, but we'll start out again with some of his uh, education and early career, um, got his start more on the sports information side and was able to transfer over to marketing um, at Lindenwood. We'll talk about that. Emily mentioned um, it's our first guest. Um, on an episode from Division Two, so we'll talk about some of that as well. Um, so, Emily, I'll turn it back over to you, and we'll get started. Yeah, just starting from the beginning, um, talk a little bit about your experience at New Haven, um, just as an undergrad student, and just learning what sports info was in that experience. Yeah, so um, I attended the University of New Haven, um, West Haven, Connecticut for my undergrad. Um, I got my bachelor's degree there uh, in management of sports industries in uh, graduated in the in January of 2012. Um, and during my time at New Haven, um, it was a great program, the sports management program there. Um, and I did well academically, but unfortunately, and, I, and I, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but looking back on it, I definitely didn't take advantage of the opportunities that were presented for me there. Um, I really was just more focused on my classwork and doing what I needed to do to get good grades and um, just kind of figured that eventually I'd find a job. And I didn't really look at it at the time as like, hey, maybe I should get involved and do some internships and see what's on campus. I mean, I, it's embarrassing to say this as someone who now makes a career in college athletics. I attended probably five college athletics events at New Haven my whole time there. Um, that's pretty terrible. Um, and, uh, you know, looking back on it, I, I wish I would have been more involved there, but I wasn't. And uh, so it was uh, the fall of 2010. Um, so I was entering my junior year and I needed to start looking for internships. And I always kind of felt like I wanted to work in professional sports. Um, I'd, I'd never really even considered college athletics as a career path. And um, I contacted a local minor league hockey team, um, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. So they're the AHL affiliate for the New York Islanders. And I you know, was looking for an internship. They were willing to have me. So I started an internship there in the fall, just doing the normal intern things, you know, game day opportunities, going out in the community at different events and um, dressing up as a mascot, literally whatever they asked, I, I did it. Um, and to me, it was just an internship. It was just a, a box I had to check. I kind of felt like I didn't want to do minor league stuff, didn't want to do the intern stuff. And, um, and then uh, one of the ticket sales reps for the team 
Um, one, I think one day I was making phone calls to some groups that were coming out to a game and they heard me on the phone and um, she said to me, wow, you've got like a really good knack for that, for talking on the phone. Have you ever thought about doing ticket sales? And I said, no, never, never thought about it. And she said, well, here, I've got a list. Why don't you try to make some calls? And I said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And I did. And then so I started making some calls and she said, well, I know you're an intern, but how would you like to be a night sales rep for us? So you can still come get your internship, but then just stick around a little bit longer. Whenever all the other interns go home, you kind of hang out in the office and I'll have a, you know, some leads for you to call, not necessarily cold calls, but um, people who had come and, and said that they might be interested in tickets or groups. And so I did that and it was a chance to get paid and I thought it was a great opportunity. So I actually did that night sales um, job. Uh, and so, you know, game days, I would be out in the, in the concourse working table, talking to people who were already at the game. And um, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I thought ticket sales was now what I wanted to do. And so when I graduated uh, in January, I was offered an opportunity to stay uh, in New Haven or Bridgeport, New Haven area with the team. And um, I'm originally from Long Island, New York, so not too far away, but I kind of wanted to just go back home. So I said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go home and I'm sure something will come up. Nothing really came up. And so I was home for a couple of weeks and I was living back in my parents' house and super supportive parents. And they were, um, they started to see that like, I, I didn't really have any plans. And um, they asked me to, you know, try and figure something out. My mom had an idea that why don't I pick some places that I'd be interested in maybe seeing if they had ticket sales opportunities or just any type of job and let's send them your resume, send them a cover letter. So we, that's what we did. We printed them out, old fashioned mail, mailed them out. And I sent them all over the country to teams in Florida, teams in California, professional teams. And another area that I sent it to was St. Louis. Um, and that seems probably weird being from Long Island. Why would you send to St. Louis, Missouri? And so I grew up a Cardinals fan and um, I always had the dream of coming and living in St. Louis. I'd been out here many times to come to Cardinal games with my family. And it really seemed like a place I wanted to be. And so I sent stuff to the Blues, the Cardinals, the Rams at the time who were here. And uh, I ended up hearing back from the Blues for a ticket sales, a full-time um, opportunity with the St. Louis Blues. So I did a couple of phone interviews and then they um, flew me out for an in-person interview and I loved it, looked at apartments while I was out here. It was like, wow, I'm going to St. Louis. If they offer me a job, I'm taking it. So I got back to New York. They called the next day. They offered me the job. And I like, I froze up. I completely got cold feet. And I was like, I'm not ready to leave. I, I don't, I, I'm too scared. I, I wasn't, it just wasn't the right time. So I actually turned it down. And so I kind of had some like regret right away, but my decision was my decision. And um, I think a couple of days later, I heard back from the New York Yankees and they offered me a similar opportunity. So I was still able to live at home and I got the ticket sales opportunity that I thought I wanted. And so I started doing that um, in like February of 2012. So just a couple of months after graduation. And so the Yankees had a really structured uh, program for their new, new hires for the ticket sales, went through all the training, felt great. I mean, was rehearsing what I was going to say. Like, I mean, I was, I was on it. I was about it. Really looking forward to going to games and, and work in the concourse there and talking to people, meeting people. I love baseball. They love baseball. Let's, you know, let's, let's make a deal. Let's sell some tickets. And 
then the no's started piling up and the rejection. And I started like, man, that drive from where I lived on Long Island to the Bronx, it started to seem like it was getting longer and longer and longer. And as the like days turned to weeks and months, I was like, I don't think ticket sales is for me. You know, like the rejection started to like really build up and I started to kind of clam up around people after a while. And um, so I eventually, I think it was like six months and I was like, I, the, the ticket sales program, um, the job that I had was only like a six month um, guarantee. And then they were going to take some of the people in that program, maybe hire them full time. I didn't do well enough to even have that um, offer extended to me. Uh, and so my time with the Yankees came to an end. And then I was kind of just looking for a job again. And I was so turned off at that point to sales. Um, and I was like, man, this is all I really have experience in, uh, you know, working in sports. So I don't know what I'm going to do. If I don't want to do sales, I got nothing. So at that point, I kind of just started working just jobs. I mean, at that point, uh, I was like, I need something to pay some bills. My parents, again, were supporting me. I was living at their house, but I wasn't just going to sit at home. So I was just working. Um, I ended up working at a school. Um, like a tech school as a teacher's aide. And I was doing that for like two years. Um, and, you know, the whole time kind of just kicking myself. I had my chance to go to St. Louis. I could have been out on my own. I could have, you know, I started seeing friends and people that I went to school with. They were all, you know, starting a career and I'm still living at home working a job. And so now I'm a couple of years removed. I think it was, um, it was like right in the, the end, like the spring of 2014. So again, like over two years out of college, not working in sports, my degree is not doing anything for me. And I'm starting to um, put my resume together and see what I wanted to do. Uh, and I'm on LinkedIn and I start seeing some people that I went to college with. And I come across to one of my classmates and he was um, a, grad, a GA for sports information. And I had never heard of sports information. I was like, I don't even know what that is. So I did some looking online and Googling and I saw what he was doing and I was like, wow, that seems pretty cool. Like I could do that. I, I'd be interested in doing that. But then I thought, well, how the heck am I going to do that? And I thought back to like what worked in the past and that was sending out hard copy resumes and mailing them all over. And I was like, well, I'm not ready to move right now because I got nothing. So I need to get some experience. So I contacted every single college on Long Island with emails this time, not actual <laughs> hard copies. And um, I said, whoever I hear back from, I'll take whatever. I mean, it's full-time internship, but like whatever I can do, let me just get my foot in the door. And I think the next day, or maybe even that same day, I heard back from SUNY Old Westbury, um, which is a division three school. Again, not too far from where I was living, 20, 25 minutes. And um, the SID at the time, Harris Hotel, he contacted me and said, hey, you know, I don't have any paid positions, but I have an internship more than willing to show you anything you're willing to learn and he was extremely flexible because i told him i was like i know i can i'm gonna still need to work a full-time job but i'm willing to come in nights weekends whatever i need to do and he was really receptive to it and took me under his wing so from the fall like the summer of 2014 to the spring of 2015 i learned everything from harris um he let me help keep staff and then eventually like entrusted me to kind of keep it on my own. And he sort of just stood, stood over my shoulder for soccer games, for baseball, basketball, volleyball. Um, so I did, I, I did it all with Harris. Um, started learning how to write recaps, do some graphic design work. Um, and, I, and I fell in love with sports information, athletic communication. And my hope was that a position would maybe open up at Old West Ray. 
Uh, but Harris was a one-man shop. It was a Division three school, and that just wasn't in the cards. And so I didn't really know what I was going to do at that point. So I was like, well, I'm back to the drawing board. But then Harris kind of showed me Cosida, which I had never heard of. Um, and I started seeing all the job postings at that point. And now, so it's like the spring of 2015, and Cosida was really filling up with GA postings here, job postings here all over the country. And again, I, I kind of like looked back on my chance to move the first time and I got cold feet and I didn't do it. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna let that happen again. Now I'm ready, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. I feel like I have a direction. And so I started applying pretty much a wide net. I mean, it didn't really matter. I was division one, two, three, GA positions full-time. Um, and so I had basically heard back from a lot of schools, did a lot of interviews and I had narrowed it down to two schools. Um, so it was Minot State in Minot, North Dakota, and West Texas and Canyon, Texas. One of those I was going to. And and they were both for a GA position. And then right when I was ready to accept one of them, I heard back from Lindenwood. And I knew Lindenwood was in St. Charles, so it was close to St. Louis, but I had actually never heard of Lindenwood before. So I looked it up and I was like, hey, what the heck? I'll I'll do the interview, just see what comes of it. And as soon as I did the interview, um, I immediately hit it off with my two future bosses, Daniel Newton and Mike Morgan, and felt the connection right away. And they offered me the position um, and I took that one over the other two. And so I was, I was gonna come to Lindenwood and move to St. Charles and, you know, start my career. And, uh, you know, I, I always just, it was a GA job. So I just kind of figured it'd be two years and then I'd move on to the next thing. And so when I got to Lindenwood, um, I started with two other GAs at the exact same time and had it was a good program that we had here at Lindenwood at the time and um, I had some sports that were my responsibility I mean soup to nuts it was all me and so um, hit the ground running and just uh, really like again fell in love with sports information all over again and then uh, after after like eight or nine months I started hearing rumors that like Lindenwood was maybe not going to do the GA program anymore and potentially maybe I could have a, a full-time opportunity instead. And so eventually that's what happened. After my first year, um, my GA position turned into a full-time position. So now what I thought was just gonna be two years now seemed like it could be longer. And yeah, that's that's pretty much what happened. Then I, at Linwood, um, I rolled that into, you know, becoming like the assistant athletic communications director and stayed in that role until 2019. And then uh, right at the start of 2020, um, an opportunity presented itself for a new position within our department here at Lindenwood. Um, and that was for the director of marketing. And I said, hey, you know, I'd be willing to do that. Not that I don't like athletic communications, but I feel like I've spent time doing that. I know I can do it, but I, I wanted a new challenge, a new opportunity. And um, so in, yeah, January, 2020, I took that and I thought I was gonna be having this normal, marketing role and then march of 2020 happened and COVID hit and uh everything that i thought i knew i thought i knew what i was going to be doing flipped on its head and um it just it's been completely different than what i thought it would be uh even still to this point but i'm really excited because while i've been doing this job for 18 months or so i almost feel like I'm just starting it right now as we're preparing now for the 21, 22 year. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the broad strokes of how I got into this role. Uh, wasn't 
wasn't what I ever thought I'd be doing. Um, but I, I wouldn't change anything about it now looking back. Awesome. Um, but go, going back a little bit, just the, the grind of D2, I can just only imagine um, just day in, day out being an SID in that role. Um, talk a little bit about that, but also trying to tell, still tell your student athlete stories and um, grow your website and all of those other components that are also going on when there's a million sports occurring at the same time. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, Lindenwood on the D2 landscape is probably in a very unique situation. I mean, we have 27 NCAA sports. Um, and so you name it, we've, we've probably got it. Um, we have an additional 21 student life sports. Um, and so all, you know, all in, all in, that's, that's a, quite a lot. Um, and so it is a grind. There's always something going on, but actually, and I, and again, this maybe isn't the greatest thing to say, but when I accepted the position at Lindenwood, I knew they had 27 NCAA sports, but I didn't know how things were going to be broken up. I didn't know what that all meant. Um, and so, but when I got here, just because I was the, the primary contact for men's soccer, didn't mean I wasn't going to be helping out at the football game, you know? So I, I got exposed to so many different sports um, right off the bat. And, you know, as, as an SID that, yes, keeping stats is your primary job, you could say, um, but just writing recaps and learning the intricacies of sports, I was pretty well versed in all the sports, but I didn't really know a ton about gymnastics, let's say, but we had a really competitive gymnastics team and we still do. Uh, so going to a gymnastics meet, I mean, my first year here, we hosted the USAG um, gymnastics championships. We won, we won that. Um, so like I got exposed to sports that I had no idea about um, lacrosse, even though I'm from Long Island, I, I was a baseball player growing up, um, didn't know anything about lacrosse really. Uh, but I came here and one of the sports that I inherited was our women's lacrosse team and our women's lacrosse team had at that point been to back-to-back um, final fours um, and so that was kind of a big undertaking and then yeah in 2016 when I got you know the spring of 2016 um, our women's lacrosse team again made the final four and I had an opportunity to travel with them and cover that program and promote them and that was that was incredible um, you know the the final four that year um, was part of like the, the division two festival so it was out in Denver uh, so I got to travel with the team um and, and spend a week out in Denver and just be a part of you know all the student athletes um from I, the festival included women's lacrosse softball men's and women's golf men's and women's tennis so six national championships all going on and um all the student athletes from across the country were staying in a hotel it was a tremendous experience for me um and like really solidified like I felt um at the time what I was doing with my career um I I knew in that moment, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is, um, I, I want to stay involved in college athletics. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's division two, again, Linwood is, we have a large staff. I know there's a lot of division two institutions that are one person shops. So, you know, the SID wears so many different hats in those places and has to do so much. And we still do, but um, we're fortunate that we've always had a lot of help. Um, but it's finding the right combination of people um, that are willing to give help, that are willing to stay a little bit later um, and, and make things work and, and that they care. You know, it's, and, that, and that's not a Division II 
strictly uh, mindset that that applies anywhere. But um, I've been really lucky to be surrounded by some people that, um, you know, if they're if they are further along in their career, they're going to take the time to to show me. And if they're not so far along in their career, they're going to kind of listen to me and, and let me kind of provide that guidance for them. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine like the grind, but also trying to keep it all, all, all the plates spending at the same time. Um, but now that you're in marketing, um, I know you, you, you talked about you were not able, you haven't been able to do all of your ideas yet. Um, just talk about your goals for this next year that you're preparing for and where you want to see the marketing um, go at Lindenwood. Yeah, so that's kind of an interesting question. So I think honestly, those goals <clears throat> have probably changed within just the last couple of weeks. And the reason I say that, um, we, Linwood was fortunate enough to win um, two NACMA award, best of awards. And so just internally, um, I think we've kind of shifted our goals now where we've won two gold last year. So now it's like, okay, what do we have to do to get to four, get to six? Um, and so like, and that's, that's more of like a, a, a bigger goal, obviously. Um, but, um, you know, right now, I, when I took this job, I think the primary focus was how do we get our students involved? How do we get students here? Because we have um, so many sports, a lar large makeup of our student body overall at this university are student athletes. And so, that, you know, I think that's an opportunity, but it's also a challenge. You know, they have student athletes your job all year is a, it's a full-time job, um, whether you're in season or out of season. So practices, weights, are you really going to want to go watch a game when it's not your sport? Um, so how do we, how do we market ourselves to the student body here and student athletes specifically because they make up such a large portion of this university. Um, and so we've, we've come up with some ideas and, and ways to try and get that student body involved and, um, it's, it's not as easy as everyone thinks about, hey, just, uh, you know, give them free pizza or free t-shirts and they're going to show up. It's not, it's, it's more involved than that. Uh, it's more in depth and, you know, trying to build those relationships and have a presence, not just at, at athletic events on this campus, though. Um, you know, I think it's important for our student athletes to go to other events so those students are more willing to come to ours. Uh, and so that's, that's a primary focus. And, um, at Lindenwood, um, we have a president who started here um, within the last 18 months or so, and he's got a big focus now on driving attendance to our home events. So um, that's that that's kind of the goal. Of let's just fill seats. Um, you know, last year was it was terrible to have our our 20 spring 2020 season cut short, um, and then we did not have fans for. Part of the year then we had some passless only fans um, but we haven't really played in front of a crowd in a long time with any of our sports here and so you know giving that opportunity to student athletes to play in front of a crowd again um, that's that's been our focus now as we shifted into um, the summer months is like you know what do we need to do to get that atmosphere back you know that first football game that we have on september 2nd i want that to be a, a moment that people never forget here, um, that it's, it's gonna be really special. So, so what do we need to do and what goes into that planning process? And so, um, you know, when I first uh, started here at Lindenwood and I was an SID, 
um, there, this marketing world didn't exist. Um, and so a lot of the planning stayed in sports information and, and what do we need to do to get ready for next year and event management, what do we need to do to get ready for next year? But there was nobody from marketing about saying, what do we need to do to get ready for next year? Um, and so now that I'm in that position, it's, I'm, I'm again, surrounded by some great people here at Linwood and we're starting to put together some planning sessions and, and just whiteboarding sessions where we just get all our ideas out there and let's start no ideas too big, no ideas too small, but how do we make it work and how do we fit it? Um, and so, you know, we're, we're working on those plans now. We've been working on them for a while, um, you know, in, beginning in the spring. And I'm excited to start seeing that planning process come to fruition. Um, you know, we started it during COVID virtually um, when we were all working remote. Um, and that was, it was challenging. Um, the things that we were planning for some just weren't able to happen, unfortunately, because, you know, we were still planning for fall schedule and then that ended up getting pushed back. And um, so we still, have, we've got a lot of ideas and we're, we're excited to, to put them to use. Awesome. I, I think that, that's a good transition to um, Scott's half of the conversation of talking about uh, NACMA and a little bit of all of that, but also huge congrats on those NACMA awards. So those are awesome to see your guys' logo um, pop up, but thank, I'll hand it over. You. Yeah, hand it over to Scott for our next topic. Well, yeah, that's, I think, a perfect transition to talk about um, some of the NACMA stuff. And we can start with the best of. And before I ask you a little bit about yours, I want to give Emily a shout out because she probably wouldn't bring it up herself. Um, so we also won two awards this year for the first time, I think, since 2006, and those were both because of Emily's designs, um, one on our men's basketball schedule poster and another for a static ad for our um, fan app, which was huge for us last year during COVID because so many more people turned to that. So congratulations to Emily. But, Mike, you guys also won some, like you mentioned. Can you walk us through um, – the specifics of what you won and what you presented um, and who all was involved in that. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, yeah, Emily, congratulations, because I do know what goes into it and whether it gets recognized or not, I know how much hard work goes into, you know, producing that stuff. So yeah, congrats to you, Scott, to you and, and everyone at Evansville. It's, it's really cool. It's, it's a great thing that NACMA does. And this was the first year that um, being in the marketing role that I had submitted um, I had seen that stuff come across before, um, you know, social media, other other departments promoting it, but to actually be on the at the end where you're anticipating, are we going to get something? It's really cool to see. So yeah, again, congratulations to you guys. Um, so for for Lindenwood, um, we won uh, gold for promotional poster, and we won gold for virtual or in venue student promotion, um, and so both of those are at the group group three level. Um, so I guess that's division two, three, NAIA, um, so anything non-division one, I, I believe is how group three is broken out. Um, so both of those awards for us came from the same promotional event. Um, and that was a uh, 90s night that we did. And so 90s night itself, I mean, it's been done a million times over. Uh, I, so we weren't reinventing the wheel. The idea to do a 90s night actually came. So we did it in February. I think we did it February 20th. And so, like I said, I uh, took over in January of 2020. We did it in February 2020. 
And my boss, Tom Wagner, kind of came to me and said, hey, we have some marketing dollars left over. We don't have a ton of basketball games left, but I want to use these marketing dollars towards the basketball game. Let's get a big crowd for a game. How do we do it? And so kind of thinking, and I was like, well, we don't have a ton of time to plan and, and do stuff. So what's something that we can do that isn't going to reinvent the wheel, but that we know that we can do well and we have some unique ideas to kind of refresh it. Um, so we tossed around some ideas, myself and Austin Holcreep, who's our event um, management director. And he, I think he was the one who actually suggested night and night. And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Let's do it. And so we ended up coming up with some really cool stuff. Uh, the promotional poster idea was, um, I mean, growing up in the nineties, Game Boy NBA Jam was the thing I played a lot. So the promotional poster idea that we won for was um, like an NBA Jam kind of themed loading screen that showed, you know, um, our team versus Rockhurst. Who, it was a men's and women's basketball doubleheader. And so I just kind of used that. Um, and I, and I, I remembered what the loading screen looked like. I tried to Google it, but I really couldn't find it. And I certainly didn't have my Game Boy <laughs> anymore to like pull it up. So I kind of just was going off memory um, of what I remember the loading screen to look like. And uh, yeah, so kind of created that and posted all over campus. And then we did some other really cool stuff. Um, so that I think helped us win gold for the whole promotion itself. Um, we, we made up some great videos. Um, TJ Weber, who does a lot of our video stuff here at Lindenwood, um, he helped me and really did a, a lot of the video work. Um, we did like a full house parody. So like, you know, intro style, like with the full house. So we got our, our basketball student athletes did a great job of like buying into it. Um, so they helped us with that. And we did like a guess the nineties um, part of it where we showed them images from the nineties, um, you know, like a game boy. And they looked at it and they were like, I have no idea what that is. You know, these student athletes are born in, right at the tail end of the 90s some early even in the 2000s so yeah they had no idea what, what uh, a lot of the things were but they gave some really great answers and um so again that us winning gold as a department um was really cool because i don't think we would have won that award if our student athletes weren't um buying into it uh so that that was great and then obviously the student body re was receptive to it too we we gave out t-shirts um, which, like I said earlier, it's, it's more than that. You can't just say, hey, here's a free t-shirt and expect people to show up or expect people to show up and stay. Um, so, but I thought the t-shirt design was cool. I mean, it, um, I, I think that grabbed some people's attention. Um, we did some really great like intro videos. Everything was like 90s themed. All the music was 90s themed. Uh, the men's and women's basketball team wore the t-shirts the for warm-ups that day. Um, so it was, it was, not, I didn't think that it would, um, at the time, I wasn't designing this promotion to win NACMA gold or anything like that. I was just said, hey, we have some dollars to spend on the t-shirts. Let's do that. And let's just get some people here. I think we ended up, uh, we ended up giving a TV away at halftime. So for, for that, we didn't, we didn't know how to do it. Um, because like I said earlier, um, when we have basketball games here at home at Lindenwood, um, it's their double headers. So the women's team will play at, on a weeknight, they'll play at five and the men's game won't go until 7.30. And so if we're giving away the t-shirts before the women's game at like four or 
how are we going to get college kids to stay in this gym until 10 o'clock at night when the men's game ends? Uh, so that, that was a challenge and it took some brainstorming ideas. Um, and so one of the ideas that got suggested was why don't we give every student a paper, uh, a piece of paper and at halftime of the women's game, uh, if you want to win the TV, you have to say, obviously, and you make that piece of paper into a paper airplane and we're going to throw a paper airplane, whoever gets the closest to the TV. I think we said, we'll pick the 10 closest that make it uh, and we'll read your name off at halftime or at the end of the, in between the games, I think is what we did. And then at halftime of the men's game, the 10 closest went out on the court and one by one through the paper airplanes and whoever throws it the furthest gets the TV. Um, so, you know, we, we did things like that to try and encourage the students to stay because we've noticed in the past that um, our students will come, they'll get the t-shirt and they'll walk right out. They'll walk right in, get the shirt and walk right out and leave. Uh, and so we, we didn't want that. So we actually had a great retention rate um, that day of, of keeping people in the stands. I think it also helped our women's team won an exciting game, our men's team won an exciting game. So on-court success, you can't plan for that, you can't predict that, but it happened. I think the games were intriguing enough where um, people who were in the stands that day decided to stick around for that too. Um, so again, you could do all the planning you want, but that's gonna take care of itself. And fortunately for us, it did. So um, yeah, th so those are the two that we won. Um, but I ended up, I submitted for a bunch of other ones. Um, and, and so we didn't win. And I think that's actually like a really great thing that we weren't finalists or we didn't win because I think it motive again, it motivates a lot of people here, um, internally, which I'm really happy that I work with people that get motivated like that. Cause I know I certainly do. Uh, so seeing that, uh, I think next year we're going to try a lot, you know, different things, different strategies and see how we can't win more than two. I love that. And, and one of the things I like about all the best stuff stuff is getting to look through everyone's um, all the winning submissions and everything like that. After the fact, there's so many good ideas and there's so much great work being done. Um, but you're right. It kind of helps you see what, what they're looking for, what's been successful elsewhere and, and do that. Um, switching gears a little bit, but still under kind of the NACMA umbrella. I mentioned at the beginning that we got connected through the mentorship program, which I, I know on my end, I've really enjoyed that um, getting to know you through some of that. Um, and I'm someone that really puts a lot of value in mentorship and things like that. So it's been really important to me to be involved. Um, just talk a little bit about um, maybe the value you've gotten through that program and, and if you would recommend that to others, I guess. Yeah, I couldn't recommend it enough, honestly. It's been, professionally, it's one, been one of the better things I've decided to do. Um, and I'm really grateful that that opportunity caught my eye. Um, when I first started working college athletics, when I got here um, as a GA in sports information, I was a member of COSIDA, but I certainly wasn't what I would say an active member of COSIDA. Um, I would get the emails, I'd vote um, for um, academic awards and things like that, but I didn't really take advantage of the professional development opportunities. Um, probably just because I didn't really know. I didn't know what I didn't know. And um, I never went to convention. Um, and to this point, I still actually haven't. Last year I was planning on going uh, for NACMA, but it obviously was 
postponed in person, but happened virtually. And I participated in it virtually and thought that was great. Um, and so by participating in, in NACMA uh, convention last year virtually and seeing some of those breakout sessions and then throughout the, um, you know, throughout COVID and, and from working from home, all the, the virtual um, like webinars that they had, my professional development like grew through the roof. Um, I know at one point they did um, a book club and I, I never had really read um, like professional development books um, about work. And that, so that was great. Um, the Power of Moments was the book and I took a lot from that. And then, um, but yeah, back to the mentor program, I, I probably would have never even thought about doing that if NACMA didn't do a good job of having the convention and making the convention seem like it was a great thing virtually. And so right after that, I feel like NACMA did a great job of, of capitalizing on the immediacy of that moment. And they shortly after talked about applying for the mentor program. And I said, yeah, I'd, I would love to get paired up with someone and, and pick their brain. I'm new to this role. Um, it's a new role at my school. Um, and I think that's, that's the other thing about me working in marketing here at Linwood is that um, it's not as if I was taking a position um, over from someone who had already had it. And, you know, if I did that, there'd sort of be a blueprint for me to follow. Um, but that wasn't the case here. It, it was, everything was new. And I was the first one doing a lot of things um, here. And so I wanted to pick someone's brain. I wanted to bounce ideas. Hey, what's worked for you? Um, but I had no idea what, who I was going to be prepared with, um, what level I, I, I did not know. And so when I found out that it was that Scott and that you were my uh, mentor, um, I, you know, I looked at Evansville and I said, God, this is going to be a great fit. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot that I can learn from you. And just after our first conversation, and now that we've been doing that, I think that was probably back in November um, of 2020. And, um, you know, we we talk once a month and sometimes more than that. Um, it's been really beneficial for me to kind of see how Evansville was, especially, I would imagine, um, during a, a normal year, it's beneficial. But during a COVID year, it was even more beneficial because I think a lot of people were um, it, working in any industry, but in college athletics, were curious about, like, are we doing things the best way or are there things that we can be learning? Um, it, it just sanitizing, getting ready, crowd control, tickets. What, what, what was working for you guys maybe needs to be working for us, too, and, and vice versa. So... Um, yeah, it was, it, it's a program that I would recommend to anybody who's trying to break into marketing. Um, there's so much that you can learn from, from anybody who has some experience in this industry. Um, and I, I do hope that, uh, at some point I can be on the flip side of it. I would love to be able to say I'm the mentor to someone. Um, sure. I still have a ways to go till I can get there, but, uh, yeah, the program has been immensely beneficial for me. I think one of the cool things about the mentorship program too, is that there's so much to learn both ways. Like I've learned so much from you guys and um, just, especially during a COVID year, like you mentioned, having someone to just talk through like, Hey, you wouldn't believe the weekend we just had. And you, you know, you could say, you know what, I can't believe it because we had two more <laughs> events than you did. And just being able to talk to someone outside of your day-to-day -day work circle is, is almost therapeutic in a way. Um, you brought me to my next point too. You mentioned virtual convention. 
which is unfortunately virtual again. I think we're all itching to get back uh, in person. But just as a reminder to everybody, that is July 27th and 28th. And um, registration is free if you've paid your, your dues for the year. Um, so one, I just wanted to throw that reminder out there because it really is so beneficial with all the programming that they have. But is there anything in particular you're looking forward to or hoping to learn a little bit more about? Uh, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most uh, is to not not be a wallflower. I know that last year um, I was a reluctant participant in terms of like, I was absorbing everything that was being said, but when in some of the breakout sessions, when questions would be asked or prompts would, would open up, I would kind of just sit back, stay on mute and listen to what everyone was saying. Although I had things to contribute, I did feel like I was so new into the marketing role that like, maybe I should just kind of hang back and, and let other people who have more experience or, or um, better things to share, let them kind of handle that. And I would just listen. Um, now having a year and a half under my belt, albeit an, a unique year, um, I'm looking forward to being able to share more and just, and, participate a little bit more I think I'll end up getting even more out of it than I did last year um but as far as like individual breakout sessions honestly I I wouldn't say there's anything that I'm like truly eager to learn about besides everything if that makes sense no I think that makes perfect sense um and I know when I first attended um I've only attended in person once and that would have been, I don't know, 2018 or 2019. And that was actually right when I had transitioned from a ticket operations role to marketing. So I was the exact same way as you in terms of, um, you know, not feeling like you didn't belong or anything like that, but just, you know, am I the right person to speak up? I'm just going to soak it all in. So I, I definitely understand that. Um, I do want to ask you one more question before we open it up to any final remarks. Uh, we mentioned early on that you're our first division two podcast guests we've had some blogs written by some some people at the division two level um we have however talked a lot about our respect for those in division two division three nai and so on um including when i look to hire someone i really almost especially at evansville um i really look at the division two and minor league baseball people because i think they've had to do so much that that translate ver translates very well to evansville because it's it's in a lot of ways ran, I think, more like a division two. And we've talked a lot about that privately. Um, so just talk about how you kind of apply this power five mentality of we're not going to let our division, our resources, anything else dictate what we do. We're going to go out and do the best we can. Just talk a little bit about how you apply that at Lindenwood. Yeah. And I think that that's said really well. Um, you know, we, we definitely operate as if we are, the the pinnacle um we hold ourselves to that standard um and i think that it trickles down i i, I would say Lindenwood, um we have the resources probably equal to a lot of division one schools and um so our expectations are there um and there is no stigma of working at a division two um you know a small school mentality we definitely don't have that um you know we're we're proud of of what we are. And I know that um, the division two level has produced great student athletes, athletic talent, but I, also professional talent. Um, you know, people are, are 
proud to, to work here, um, to say that you are a Lindenwood Lion, um, it means something. Uh, and it's, like I, I, um, I said earlier, it's about having the right combination of people. Um, and I think we've all maybe worked with people that don't embody that. Um, and I, when you see that, I think it makes you appreciate those who do have it. And um, we have that right combination right now where it, it is, um, it's, a, it's a winning formula for us. Well, with that, we want to thank you again for joining us. Um, but we always like to leave the floor to our guests to say anything that they may want to get out there in the world. Um, and I think a lot of, some of our really good content actually comes from this portion of it. Um, not to put unnecessary pressure on anything <laughs> you'd like to say, but any other thoughts or anything you'd like to get out there before we let you go? Uh, yeah, I think the thing that I've learned myself and, and as I've said here today is, um, take advantage of the opportunities that are, that are presented to you. You might not realize it at the time. It might not seem like something that you want to do that might be worthwhile doing. Um, but take that internship, apply for that job, take that interview, put yourself out there um, because you, the experience that you're going to gain from it um, is going to be invaluable. And, uh, you know, I think I wouldn't be talking with you both right now if I didn't apply for the NACMA mentorship program. Um, if I didn't attend the virtual convention. So things that, you know, my job didn't require me to do that. I didn't have to do it, um, but I, I wanted to. I, I didn't want to miss out on that opportunity. So um, definitely have that FOMO, have that fear of missing out and, and what might be out there um, and, and go for it. Uh, you know, I kicked myself for not taking an opportunity and a chance to move to St. Louis years ago, like I always wanted to do. I didn't know if I'd ever get that chance again, but when I did get it, I took it and it, it has worked out. Um, it's been a, a great opportunity. So yeah, like I said, I mean, every, every opportunity, go for it, take it and you'll be no worse for it if it doesn't work out, but you'll know next time that, uh, you know, maybe you go the different direction. So uh, that, that's pretty much all I've got. Well, thank you again, Mike, for joining us. And it was awesome, great content from you. Um, we want to remind everyone to go and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at P5Mentality. Subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast streaming site. Check out our blog on the Power 5 Mentality website. And remember, Power 5 is just a mentality.